Wonderful specials. Choir did a wonderful job, and that's a wonderful song. I'm looking forward to that day. And Brother Travis and Brother Steve and Brother Antonio, Lord's blessed y'all. That's wonderful stuff. That's a good message in that song. Uh, before we get started, uh, I neglected to introduce somebody else to the body. Uh, Marklin, if you would, stand up, would you? Mike, go ahead and stand up with your wife. Uh, this is Marklin. Uh, we're classmates. We went to school together back home in Arkansas. Now, remember what happens in Arkansas stays in Arkansas, right? Uh, I was uh, a wild child before I come to the Savior. So she probably could tell you many things about John Richardson. So we don't want to bore you, okay? Uh, anyways, we're delighted to have y'all. Uh, it thrills my heart. It really does. Uh, be seated. Turn to Numbers chapter 20 for our thoughts. Numbers chapter 20. You said, there he goes again. He's in the Old Testament. Yes, I am. Can I tell you something? Jesus is in the Old Testament just as much as he's in the New Testament. And it was given for our examples to learn from. So, anyways. Beginning in Numbers chapter 20 and verse 2. The Word of God declares, and there was no water... For the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up brought ye up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt, to bring us in unto this evil place? It is no place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so that thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice, 
And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. In verse 12, the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore shall you not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Let's pray. Father, we love you, praise you, thank you for this opportunity and privilege to come to your house today on your day to worship you. Dear God, I thank you for those that have come out today. Pray, Lord, you'll just uh, open hearts, ears to receive what you have for them this morning through your word. May your word penetrate and reach his intended purposes, Lord. Lord, I don't know the spiritual condition of those I stand before, but if there's a need, I pray, Lord, that when the invitation's given, they'll respond as you lead. Give me the words to say to my preach with boldness and authority your truths. Again, Lord, be the sick, the afflicted, those it's our duty to pray for. We just lay our petitions before you and seek your blessed will to be done. But we ask these things in your Son's holy and blessed name. May we give you the honor and glory for it's in his name that we pray these things. Amen. All right, be seated, please. How many bosses we got here today? We got any bosses in the house today? You got people under you? Okay. She scared me when she raised her hand, Lori. Scared me. I thought, you're my boss, huh? Yeah. Anyways. Do you ever get aggravated when the people you're trying to, to lead don't do what you say? How about parents? you ever get aggravated at your kids when they don't do what you tell them to do? They disobey? How about pastors in the Lord's church? They ever get angry when the people don't do what they say? Okay. <laughs> Here's the point. All of us, there's no one here that doesn't get angry sometimes. And I'll go ahead and tell you, Moses, even though God loved him, God truly used him in a mighty way, but Moses was human. And can you imagine preacher leading two and a half to three million people through the desert? And all you ever heard was murmuring and complaining, griping and griping. Oh, we hate manna. God provided manna from heaven. Oh, we loathe this stuff. Oh, if we could only go back to Egypt. Egypt is a picture of the world and sin. And they had a desire to go back to that. You know why? Because that's where their heart was. So they're murmuring and complaining and God is meeting their needs. They come here and they're thirsty. There's a thirst. And anybody ever been thirsty? I tell you, if you've lived in Las Vegas, you become thirsty. Amen. I used to laugh at people. Look at these fools. They got bottled water. What's wrong with them? It didn't take me very long to realize. Who buys water? 
people out here do. But before I throw a rock at folks out here that buy water, there's people in Arkansas that will buy a rock. They will buy rocks, quartz. Miss Gillum at the post office there at Roll had all of those rocks in front of the post office. And people would be driving through and they'd pull in, get out, and you'd see people out there just picking up these rocks. How much for this? I'm thinking, who would buy a rock? But back to the portion I want to study. There was a, literally there was people thirsty. The livestock was thirsty. Now, this is what gets me. The people have already seen the hand of God provide for them. He provided manna. He provided quail. And he also had already provided from a rock for them to have. So they had witnessed with their own eyes. But they've always and often, like most Baptists, forget about God's blessings. And just like they were wanting water, today we live in a time where there's also drought. But it's spiritual drought. You see, there's people out there today that, oh, they're thirsty. But they're thirsting for the wrong things. They thirst for the things of the world, the, the pleasures of the world, and they don't thirst for what really matters. And that's spiritual things. That's a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's just sad, but that's the truth. Now, here they are murmuring and complaining and God sees, He knows their needs. And let me say this, child of God, God already knows your need. If you have a need, especially if it's spiritual, He knows what you stand in need of before you even ask. Understand this morning that He sees all. He knew that they needed water. So He calls Aaron and Moses to the tabernacle, the door of the tabernacle, and tells them what they need to do. What did, they, what did he instruct them to do? Take that rock, that rod, and smite the rock. No, I'm sorry. Speak to the rock. Excuse me. Well, in defense of Moses, murmuring and complaining, after a while it gets old. It gets very odd. And <laughs> did y'all ever stop to think about something? I've heard this preached by many pastors. And the reason they say that Aaron died and Moses died and wasn't able to cross or to go into the promised land was because of their disobedience. And I've heard that preached. Well, can I tell you something? No, I'm not one of these prophets and God's given me a new revelation. No, listen, God's word's always the same. But understand something. When it comes to Bible study, search the scriptures. 
Spend time in prayer. Ask God to reveal what you want to know. And He will if you diligently seek Him. And I did that. Everybody I've ever heard preach and teach, he was disobedient. He should have spoke to it instead of smiting it. And that's why he didn't get to enter in. Can I share you something with you? It wasn't because he was disobedient, not obeying the instructions God gave him. Now, it's important we obey God. But listen to me. Let me share something with you. It finally, after lots of prayer, it jumped off the page. This is why he didn't get to go into the promised land. Some of you may not know this. Others of you might. Notice what it says here. In verse 11, and Moses lifted up, oh, I'm sorry, verse 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together, as God had instructed, before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. Now, listen. It wasn't because they were called rebels that God said, No, Moses, you and Aaron can't go in. Listen. Remember what Stephen said, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised the heart. You always do as your father the devil. Jesus called them snakes. He called them of the devil. So no, that's not what kept them out of the promised land. But look at what it says. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Must we fetch you water out of this rock? What does that mean? What he was saying, or what he was doing, is pretty much saying... Congregation, I'm the one, and Aaron's the one that meets your needs. He was taking the place of God. It was an act of pride. And for that, God said, nope, I'm not playing with you, Moses. I'm not playing with you, Aaron. You'll not enter into the promised land because of your act of pride. Taking credit for something you can't do. Think about that for a second. How many times, Brother Antonio, do we take credit as preachers? Oh, man, I preached a message from on high. Oh, I'm telling you, people walk the aisle, people work side. Can I tell you something? I've never preached a message where I thought I did anything. You know why? Because I don't do nothing but just share the word. God does everything through his word and the work of the Holy Spirit. I can't take credit of people that walk the aisle. I can't take credit for all the people I've baptized, I've witnessed to and won to the Lord. I can't take no credit for that at all. But yet there are those that will take credit. But listen to me. It's God and God only that does, not man. And a lot of people say, well, you know, poor old Moses and Aaron, they got a raw deal. No, they didn't. Well, he was t- 
tired of the murmuring and complaining. Come on, give him a look. No, he knew better. He just got weak. And he allowed the flesh to take over. But before we throw rocks at good old Moses and Aaron, how many times do you and I get weak and allow the flesh to take over? All the time. That's right. Could have dropped him right there. But no. Here's my point. We become very prideful and arrogant. And one of the things that God literally hates, but God's a God of love, but he also hates pride. And here's what breaks my heart. There are so many people out in the world that are so prideful and arrogant that they won't admit, one, that they're lost and sinners, and two, their need for salvation through the shed blood of God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. We don't like that bloody gospel. Can I tell you something? You take Jesus out of the gospel, there is no gospel. Jesus is the gospel. And we are to share the gospel. It's been said that nowadays in the modern church, you know, the Lord called all of us to be fishers of men. Right? We have that noble responsibility. But what we are anymore is not fishers of men, but keepers of the aquarium. Amen? That's what we are. Oh, well, we're happy. Y'all are here in the aquarium. Everybody's swimming around. We got ours. That's all that matters. No. There are people headed to hell. They're lost. They're separated from God. And God has chosen us to be His witnesses to appoint those men and women, boys and girls, to Him. I was reading in Acts the other day, chapter 4. Peter and John had just preached the gospel. What had happened was they were on the way to the temple. They found this lame fellow since birth born. And they stopped and he was healed. Of course, there's a great crowd there. Everybody showed. I mean, they knew this guy. They passed him by all of these years. And now he's leaping, he's walking, he's praising God. And anyways, Peter and John says, well, since there's a crowd, we might as well. And Peter began to preach the gospel. Chapter 3, read it. I mean, it's just laid out there. But here's the thing. In chapter 4, it begins while they are yet speaking to the people, sharing the gospel. Here comes the Sadducees, and here comes the Pharisees, that's right. And what did they do? Oh, stop it! Stop it! And they tried their best to stop the message from getting out. Understand, child of God, we have a message to share, and you just go ahead and bank on it. The world and the devil is going to do everything within their power to stop the message. 
you might as well just get ready for it. So, here's the Sadducees. They're upset because Peter is preaching about the resurrection. See, the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. But more so than that, that was an excuse. It was about Jesus. And the world, they don't mind you having religion, but can I tell you something? Religion doesn't save you. You can have religion, you can keep its creeds and all of that. And by the way, all religion is, is just a form of, okay, I can make it to heaven on my own merit. Some way and in some fashion, and we know that's not true. You see, religion don't get you to heaven. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that gets you to heaven. Not religion. But anyways, it's about Christ. And as I said, is he not the gospel? But here's the thing. The Pharisees and the Sadducees thought, you know what? We're going to put them boys in jail tonight. We'll just stop the message right now. Ah, That will just do it. And they did. They put them in jail. But you know what happened? Those people that heard Peter preaching the gospel, some of them responded to the message that they heard. Even though the Pharisees and Sadducees said, hey, this will hinder the message, this will stop it, it's done. Can I tell you something? You can't stop the message. The most powerful thing in the world is the message of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Can't be stopped. So here's Peter and John in jail, and guess what happens? Peter planted all of those seeds, God watered and gave the increase, and there was 5,000 men saved. You see, The point I'm trying to make is this. You and I have been given the chore and the task of sharing the gospel. We can't say, no, I'm saved. I got my fire insurance. That's good. Let somebody else. That's what we pay you for, preacher. You go out there. God gave the church the great commission. He didn't give the preachers the great commission. He gave the entire church the great commission. Now, you go, well, what does that have to do with Moses disobeying? Well, yes, he disobeyed. He should have done what God said. Smoke, or speak to the rock, but he smote it twice but can I tell you even him smiting the rock twice that wasn't the reason he couldn't go into the promised land it was that he took credit for all what God had done for the children of Israel so the next time God lays it on your heart to share the faith and I pray everybody will take that opportunity
Give God the glory. Don't take credit for, oh, well, I led this person to the Lord or that person because that'll get you in trouble. How many times, all right, I'm going to go ahead and ask you. You don't have to raise your hand because I probably don't want to know it. But has everybody here, as a born-again child of God, has everybody here shared their faith and won someone to Jesus Christ? Amen. Thank you for that. Amen. If you haven't, how come? You say, well... I don't know. I'm a little afraid. Afraid of what? See, here, here's the thing. I know there's different programs and different evangelization things you can do to share the gospel. You know what, what though? The greatest thing, greatest tool there is, is one, just trust the Holy Spirit and two, just share what Christ has done for you. I used to, when I first got saved, I used to have this little outline that I went by, you know, ask somebody, oh, what's your name? What do you do for a living? How many kids you got? And try to break the ice. Hooey fooey, no. How you doing? I'm Pastor of Little Mountain Baptist Church. When you go to church anywhere? And then I go from there. And I don't say, well, I'd like to invite you to church. I, I say, hey, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? Can I show you how you can know? Just get right into it. And you always speak of redemption. That's why Jesus came. We were in the slave market of sin. Born sinners. But God loved us so much, he sent his son to redeem us. And Jesus had to die on the cross. He had to atone for sin. Because you and I couldn't do it on our own. And the resurrection, listen, that's what sets Jesus apart from everybody else. He literally rose from the dead. And because he's alive, we're going to be alive also, child of God. To spend eternity with him. And then you have to preach repentance. That's our problem. The world needs repentance and we're afraid to say, you're a sinner. Now, we like to point out their sin. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I've, I've learned over the years, if I start pointing at you, Sister Janelle, that finger won't stay there. It keeps coming. You know why? Because I'm a sinner. I'm a saved sinner, but I'm a sinner. This flesh never got saved. But we must call for repentance. And if a person truly repents and accepts Christ's atoning death on the cross by simple faith, trust, then that person is forever saved. That's what salvation is. And again, here is 
Moses and Aaron. They were obedient. The Lord said, hey, meet me at the door of the tabernacle. They obeyed. Take up that rod. They obeyed. Where they messed up was they began to take credit for something only God can do. I'm here to tell you this morning, only the Lord can save. Not a church, not a man, only the Lord. So you can't take credit for that. In fact, there's nothing when it comes to serving the Lord can you and I take credit for. Please remember that. Don't get yourself in trouble like Moses and Aaron. You rebels must. We fetch water for you. Listen, God supplied their every need. He supplies our every need. Sinner friend, if you're here this morning, He will supply your salvation need if you'll just come and ask Him and receive it. And it's yours. But it used to bother me. He was disobedient. Yeah, anything contrary to what God says is disobedience and God doesn't like it. Sin. But no. Moses didn't get to go to the promised land because he took credit for only what God can do. And it cost him. It'll cost you if you don't come to Christ. So, in close, believe it or not, you've heard the gospel today. Have you received Christ? What have you done with Jesus? And what have you done with the gospel you've heard? Received it or rejected it? Only you can answer that. But there is going to be a decision made either for the Lord or against the Lord. You're either going to receive him or reject him. No, I'm not going to do nothing. You've made your decision. So, what do you need this morning? What do you need? The Lord, just as he met the needs of the children of Israel, out there in the wilderness, he can meet your need. But you just got to come to him and ask him. Forty years, just wandering. Why? Because disobedience and they didn't believe. And this is what killed me. Do you notice what the children of Israel were saying to Moses and Aaron? Brought us out here, there's no figs, there's no pomegranates, there's no water. Remember the spies that were sent into the promised land? And they came back, but they say, oh, it's everything. There's everything you could ever want. Again, unbelief. They were without excuse. God said, you know what? You're not going to enter in. 
And that generation had to wander 40 years and die off before they could go. What does God have to do to get you to believe? 